and we are live okay ladies gentlemen brother and all welcome to the working tools podcast a casual conversation around freemasonry first it's important for us to note that our opinions are our own and our thoughts do not reflect those of our grand lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies etc and uh, now I'll take the opportunity to ask you to connect with us on our YouTube chat or on the chat room on the side of our Facebook page or on our Discord server. Um, and again, if you're enjoying our podcast, please like, comment them, uh, review them. It really helps us with our standings as we're now going into podcast app land. They really look at your reviews. So uh, we appreciate that. Now, on uh, to our topic for today. Uh, if I can just get over to the right window. We have with us uh, today, um, from, by the way, I'm Steve Chung, past master of Prince Charles Lodge here in Kelowna, British Columbia, uh, senior DMLA from Vancouver, British Columbia, and uh, yeah, other things in, in Scottish right. Uh, but with us uh, today, we have, um, oh, let's go with David Colbat. He's uh, all the way from Washington State. David? Hey, thanks, David. Appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Glad to, to be part of the show today. <clears throat> Apologize for my voice. Uh, we did quite a bit of screaming over the weekend at the uh, Rainbow for Girls uh, Grand Assembly in Yakima. So anyway, I'm David Colbeth. I'm past master at King Solomon Lodge in Auburn, Washington. But yeah, I live in Bonnie Lake. I'm also past district deputy for District 13. Woo! Uh, the Grand Lodge of Washington, and also we're a rowdy district. We're to the rowdy district, if you don't know who District 13 <laughs> is. <clears throat> and uh, we're, uh, I'm also a 32nd degree Scottish Rite Mason out of the Valley of Tacoma, and soon to be a member of this uh, guy, this guest we've got on today, his, uh, his shrine. So I'd like to introduce to you our brother, uh, Dale Versalovich. He is the potentate of a Fifi shrine. And so, Dale, I will let you have the honors and uh, tell us about yourself and what other past ranks you've had and all that kind of stuff. Welcome all right. Back. I'm the current potentate, which uh, means we go January to January. So I will be done with my term in January. And uh, I started in Malay in 1974, went through the all the chairs and became master counselor in 79. Did a lot of traveling in there, then I jumped in the lodge in 1982, went up the chairs and became master the first time in 1989. Then I switched lodges about 14 years later and went through the chairs in another lodge in Gateway Southern Gateway Lodge in Brea, California and became master in 2008. Then officer's coach for a couple of years and then I moved to Washington and subsequently joined Scottish Rite and Shrine and uh, Spent a stint as Secretary of the Valley for Vancouver Valley Scottish Rite in Vancouver, Washington. And then uh, now I'm uh, serving my stint as a potentate of a Fifi Shriners. And I'm also the regional membership director for all of the 18 shrine temples in the Pacific Northwest. Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. And, uh, we, thought we had a list of titles, eh, David? Uh, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, well, I didn't go through my civilian titles. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> Prevaricator, uh, riot infuser, and uh, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. and, and, the more, and the more you do, just the more titles they give you just because, you know, right? Yeah, it kind of goes with it. I mean, you, you, you get involved in something, next thing you know, they say, hey, 
we want to tap you for this and we want to tap you for that. Next thing you know, you got, you got more clubs, more dues, more this, more that. I mean, I'm a shrine clown. All right. So I'm going to put that right up front. My, I'm keys, the clown and that's keys because I play the piano and you can see there's a piano behind me and I, I do play around with it. And uh, so I use the key, the keyboard with me when I go to the shrine hospital and entertain the children there. Very so that's cool. one of my fun things. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, one of my yeah. one of my good friends in lodge is uh, uh, he used to be in charge of the clown unit for BC or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Bob Goslin, and uh, yeah, he he brings his balloons everywhere he goes, and, and uh, like when we do our Christmas parties and things yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm real good know? at I'm real good at snakes, uh, yeah. and swords, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried balloons and. Uh, it's it's an acquired skill. You have to ha get the dexterity and have the ingenuity to figure out these things, and then practice it. And it's it's one of those things where you practice piano or you practice ballooning, or and then when you're in leadership, you're really busy doing all that stuff. So, you know, you do the best you can with what you got. <laughs> so for our listeners' uh, benefit, because some of our listeners may or may not know the uh, the structure of things. Uh, we have in masonry what we call our blue lodges and that goes to the three degrees and then you can go into the scottish right or the york right um or or uh the the shrine or the um uh ladies uh what eastern star yeah uh, and those and, are all optional those are all yeah, optional and, and several other bodies it used to be that you had to become a 32nd degree mason before you could a shriner and, and have all that much fun you know being a clown and things like that but now they apparently have taken that away i know in canada you no longer have to be a 32nd degree mason to, to become a shriner um, yeah they uh that was an international decision about uh i don't know the date maybe 15 years ago and they they were looking at ways to increase membership and they thought well what if we just remove that restriction to shrine to take away the scottish right and york right yeah uh being needed to go into shrine and uh, so they did that and it really didn't change the membership numbers because they still keep going down just like everything else has been going for masonic stuff but hey you got to try something so guys come straight from uh, masonry into shrine now right and i'm surprised that, that didn't uh you know offset the the age fall off um, because uh, so many guys uh, that you know were waiting to join until they got there. Uh, I'm uh, I know of you know a dozen here locally that as soon as they found out they could join, they joined because they wanted to do other good works, right? Um, so I'm surprised to hear that it actually didn't really boost membership a whole lot. Nope, nope. It's uh, I'm on the membership. Uh, team for international and uh they you know that was before my time i only joined shrine seven years ago so they were looking at different things to try you know when your numbers keep going down and you, you got to do something or, or you know bail the ship out so they looked at that they tried it and i'm not gonna lie from what i uh, heard scottish right and york right both howled 
and complain because they're losing, you know, hey, you're cutting, you know, you're taking guys away and doing it. You're undercutting us or something. I don't know. Uh, so because I didn't I joined Shrine before I joined Scottish Rite. And uh, I've been a Blue Lodge guy for 30 years first. So, uh, I mean, 30, let me see, 30. I got 37 years. So I was a Mason, a Blue Lodge guy for 29 years before I ever touched Shrine. Okay. Right. And, uh, and I know the stories, you know, oh, you're taking our members and all that stuff. Uh, so I get it. But I'm in membership for Shrine. And I'm going to tell you, I've got more guys in Masonry because of Shrine than I did before when I was just a, a Blue Lodge member. Because you have that added thing that you're out there working with people in the public eye much more as a Shriner than you are as a Mason. And they go, well, where does this all start? And you go, well, you really want to know. You know, you got to be a Mason first. And some guys are intrigued and they go, huh, I always wondered about that. And other guys are like, oh, I don't want nothing to do with the Freemasons, you know. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's interesting to see the reaction of people. But the ones that are interested and like it. Oh, it's fun. They have a ball. And and everybody I, that I have got through as a membership guy into Lodge has been active in their Lodge. And they're active in Shrine now that they've got their third degree. So it's a win-win for everybody. And I just, you know, you let the cards play where uh, fall where they play. You know, they just, you just do what you can. You know, guys go where they have interest to go. Like, let's face it, that's, that's just the way that works, right? Um, and... If, I know a lot of guys who, who have interest to go to Shrine yeah. and, and wish they had the time to, uh, but they're waiting to retire first because <laughs> everything seems to be on a long weekend for you guys. But um, we we oh. did uh, we did have a curious question. Uh, what was that? It was about the structure, David. Yeah, we were going to talk a little bit about that <clears throat> to to understand the the process and the structure. I, I think with our with not having Canada here, we can't get the Canadian side of things, but uh, without Lou here, uh, but if you well, want to talk a little bit there's, about There's no difference in structure. Okay. Uh, it, the shrine is structured the same in Canada as it is in, in the United States. They all fall under the imperial potentate. Uh, unlike masonry, shrine has one guy in charge of the whole thing, and he's called the imperial potentate. And there is a line of officers right underneath him, and it's called the imperial line, and it's a 10-year-long uh, line in its elections each step of the way and you go from imperial potentate to to chief raban to assistant raban to high priest and prophet to oriental guide and, and on and on and on so they all have they all have their names enshrined and there's 10 of them so, so kind of like the grand lodge but the universal grand lodge yeah if there was let's say there was one grand master for all of the world it would be the yeah. Imperial Grand Master, okay? Well, in Shrine, it's the Imperial Potentate. And that's how you address him and the officers. You call him Imperial Sir. Now, from that structure, it goes to the temple. And the temple is, there's uh, about 198 temples in the world. And each temple is centered on a big city, generally speaking. So you can look at L.A. They have Almalika. You can look at uh, Vancouver, B.C. They have Giza. You can look at uh, Seattle, they have Nile. You can look at Spokane, they have El Katif, and, you know, and so on and so forth. And then each temple covers an area outside of that in that suburban area. So a Fifi Shrine Temple is uh, basic, based out of Tacoma, Washington, and it covers the 40 Masonic Lodges in all of Southwest Washington, from SeaTac South to Vancouver, out to Ilwaco, 
and inland to white salmon and, and Morton and all those areas. So that's that's the main structure. So think of a potentate as, as a, like a mini grandmaster, okay? And each state has either one or more temples in the state. So Washington state has four temples. BC has one temple. Alaska has one temple. Oregon has two temples, Hilla and Med and uh, Al-Qaeda. So it's it it all depends on how active things are. If it takes about 3 to 400 guys to start a temple and if they're already part of a temple, they have to get permission from the the home temple and the surrounding temples to break off and form their own shrine temple and then it goes all the way to imperial to get voted on. But the from the temple level, it goes down to the club level, which is like the lodge. So the club level covers each county in the area. So in, in a Fifi Shrine, we have uh, five clubs that are gateway is in Clark County. Uh, Columbia River uh, Shrine Club is in Cowlitz County. Lewis County Shrine Club is Lewis County. Uh, we are opening up a new shrine club out in the Iwako, Long Beach, uh, Ocean Shores area. And it's going to maybe be called Pacific County Shrine Club. Hang on a sec. Did I did I hear you right? You said you're opening a new one. That a sounds new? like growth to me. It is growth. It is growth. There's growth in masonry out in Occident Lodge, 48 in Ilwaco, and guys are interested in doing more things. And the shrine is a good way for them to do community works in the in the community, and draw people in because every every shriner is a Freemason in Washington, uh, and they just changed uh, what's going on in Arkansas, so that's going to change too based on what happened there back in 2012 that, that we voted on it and every Mason that every Shriner in Arkansas that joined in that period of time where there was a schism between the Grand Lodge of Arkansas and Shriners International, 157 guys are now going to have to convert to Masonry and they have three years to do it. And that was the uh, vote that just occurred at the last Imperial session. So what do you mean convert to Masonry. Well, in 2012, there was a schism between the Grand Lodge of Arkansas and Shrine International. And it was just, you know, it's a simple thing. Uh, one guy did something wrong and another guy pointed his finger at him. They argued, they find, and then finally the Grand Master, it was part of his whole thing at that time. I think he basically said, that's it. Shrine is, is kaput here. You can't be a Mason in, in the Shrine. And if you join Shrine, you're going to have to, you're going to have to quit. Uh, and so the guys that would have been Shriners for a long time, 20 years, had to choose between Grand Lodge or Shrine and being excommunicated from Grand Lodge. So they had that schism. Well, Shrine International, the answer to that at the time was, well, we're gonna authorize these guys to stay Shriners and they don't have to belong to Lodge. So maybe it was an experiment, maybe, I don't know. But in the seven years since then, they got 157 guys in who are not Mace Masons in Shrine. Mm. But they've reunited with the work of uh, past uh, potentate and the member of the Grand Lodge to Committee and Shrine International, Dave Worrell, he did a lot of work with the uh, Imperial Potentate Jim Kane and the uh, current Grand Master and the last Grand Master of Arkansas. And they came to uh, an arrangement and they said, let's let bygones be bygones. They worked on their, their jurisprudence. Then they worked on their how to work with each other. And they said, okay, we're going to do this and bring these guys back in the fold. That's, that's the answer to that. So it's a really interesting story. And if you're into finding out the history of that, probably the best source would be 
uh, Chris Hodap and his Freemasons for Dummies blog. Because uh, yeah. I, I looked that up a long time ago. So how do they, how are they going to reintegrate? They got to take the ones that didn't get degrees. The, guy, the guys that they have to join, they have to uh, petition a lodge and go through the degrees to, mm -hmm. if they want to stay current as Shriners. So they have three years to do it. They figured they'll give them uh, some time because it does take time to go through the degrees. And uh, we'll see what happens, how many of those guys stay in. Well, but, hopefully uh, they've got good mentoring programs because some of these guys probably haven't done that kind of ritual work. That, oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I know I know all about mentoring because I've been doing it for decades. You know, so, I, I can believe that about you. You know, all the things that you've got on that, in that resume of yours, I tell you, I, I – <laughs> I believe you're a big part of that. You probably get involved in like uh, education stuff too, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, just on the temple level, uh, we've been doing, uh, instituting training. We haven't done that in years. So we put together some training sessions and, uh, we've done a whole, a one day shrine, the whole tutorial A to Z, what to do, how to do it, how this works, how the bylaws work, how the international bylaws work how to start your club and how, who's the boss, where the chain of command goes, what they can do, what they can't do. And that's why I said the potentate is kind of like the mini grandmaster. You know, he basically uh, decides uh, legislative appeals and that stuff. And then it goes up to Imperial if they want to go above his head, but he's basically the representative of the Imperial potentate in that shrine temple. So in your so, shrine temple, what's the officer's line? The officer's line is, uh, it's a it's a ten year line with five elected, okay, or seven elected. You have the the recorder who's like the secretary and the treasurer, and there those are those are elected offices every year. And then you have the five elected line officers called the divan board of Gov board of directors. And it goes uh, the first one is potentate, the next one down first VP would be chief or ban, and then assistant or ban, then high priest and prophet and oriental guide. Where they got these names from, I have no idea. Okay, this is all when they when they founded Shrine, it was in Mary's Temple. Oriental Guide is like the Oriental. bottom of the line. Oh, okay, so that yeah, that's, and you have to go through the other ones first. Uh, no, I got elected right into a high priest and prophet when I uh, when I ran for office. I was asked to run. Uh, I retired from UPS five years ago, and then a year after that, I was approached and said, "Hey." Uh, would you like to run for office? We think you, you think you'd be a great fit for uh, running the, the shrine and helping out. So there you go. And I jumped See, in. And you know, hey, you know, with guys like David, you know, I'll bet you in no time he's gonna be potentate. <laughs> well, uh, I will say this: the the stuff I've learned in shrine, the the leadership training is some of the best I've ever had. Uh, that they do at the imperial level, and if David were interested in going on to a leadership role, uh, he would be invited to attend the leadership training schools and the membership schools, and he might be really amazed at how good uh, the speakers, the presenters are, and how polished they are. Because these guys, you got to remember, Shrine Shrine pulls guys out of business, out of the business world, out of masonry, and some of these guys are are part of the Arbinger Institute, Maxwell Training and School of Leadership, uh, past grandmasters, and, and they train, and they they know these things, they learn them, and they just pass it on. So Astronaut. we have some really good, really good people. Astronaut. Remember what David, when you get that invite, that's the hook coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way. 
we have to get David in first. We, he, he's, uh, he's only uh, at the very, very edge of the door. We have to open the door still. We have oh, to he's committed. <laughs> he's committed. Yeah. He's yeah, committed. Yeah. And hey, yeah. I, my hat's off to him. He's a rainbow advisor. I did that. I was a demolay advisor, all that stuff too. So my hat's off to him. That's that's I, a I, lot of time. Not, not an advisor yet. I got my finger printed this weekend, but I'm not an advisor yet. Oh, oh well. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. A supportive parent. Uh, yeah, so we're all there. You know, well, you know, the, the organization is nothing without supportive parents, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, we need and, more. You need more of them. That's right. You know, um, but yeah, I, I imagine that. Uh, um. Yeah, maybe four years. Four years, he'll be in that line somewhere. Yeah, because <laughs> right? how long does it take to go through your process of initiation and all that? Oh, one one day, you're done. It's it's it's. Oh, oh. shrine oh, is okay. one one big ceremony. Yeah, shrine's a ceremony. Two, 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 one day. <laughs> Mind you, his girl did just join Joby's, and I, you know, I gotta say. I was so involved with DMLA at the time my girls were in Joe's Daughters um, that I missed a lot of the stuff in Joby's. So if you ever get the opportunity to clone yourself, David, do that because you really want to catch some of the uh, Rainbow Girls and Joby things, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, wow. I keep I keep telling anybody that talks about anything. I said I got I need ten years, guys. Look, give me ten years at least. <laughs> and and I, I understand that totally. And in the, in the Blue Lodge. I, I love that you took quite a while to go through before you became a Shriner. Kind of same with me. I, I, I've been a Mason 10 years, but I really want to still, I still, there's lots to do in the blue lodge. And I oh. really appreciate that you and our shrine in Washington really promotes membership and activity in the blue lodge and not just, Hey, come on in and be a Shriner. There's a, there's still, it's, I call it a myth understanding. There's still a lot of myth understandings in masonry about a lot of things. I was talking to some guys this weekend about that, about some other myth understandings about joining. And that's, a, that's becoming a better understanding that it's not just about joining masonry to become a Shriner and then forget about Blue Lodge. It's been, it's been a big push to, to focus on Blue Lodge. Well, if, if you don't, if you don't spend time in your Blue Lodge, how do you collect, connect with the, the Masons that are coming up? Right. So, I mean, Shrine has the membership out there. I mean, I can solicit people to join Shrine from outside of Masonry. I said, just come out and be a Shriner, you know? And then they ask, well, how do you do that? Then I can go, aha, you know, you have to be a Freemason. And then once they ask the question after that, well, how do you become a Freemason? You know, that's the, the light bulb comes on. I can say, ta-da, you ask me. So we go from there. And yeah. the the guys the guys that are are getting the most out of it are the ones who are really learning and taking the time to learn the ritual and seeing the camaraderie that starts in the Blue Lodge and Shrine. Honestly, we don't teach lessons in Shrine. What we do in Shrine is we we live the lessons by the charity and stuff we do. Okay, so the the ceremony we do. All the ceremony speaks about is going back to our remember your obligations. These are what you learned in masonry. Now here's here's your chance to go out in the real world and put it to work. And that's the difference. That's why you never cut off your your legs on, on masonry with shrine. It's it's just one of those things. I'm always working with the lodges because that's where that's where our membership comes from. And we help each other. 
I scratch their back, they scratch my back. I mean, Shriners have things. We have toys. We have parade vehicles. We can do things to help the lodges out. We have guys who do cooking, you know, and things like that. So when a lodge wants stuff done, I can pull guys from all the district or all the multiple districts to help a lodge. And so that's the way I look at it. It's just how to help each other the best. That's the one thing Dale promised me is I get to have one of those little little chopper motorcycles. That was a... <laughs> Well, it comes with dollars and cents behind it, right? <laughs> we yeah. find it, you buy it. <laughs> they told me if I wanted to join the motor brigade here that it would cost it would cost me about twenty grand because I have to buy one of the guys Harley Davidsons that matches everything because they have a match set or something like that. Yeah, yeah um, motor patrol is like that. Motor escort, yeah, they'll do that. But yeah. every every temple is different, you know. They they all have their own. I like the mini scooter idea. I have a tin Lizzie and it's sitting in my garage right now because as potentate, I'm not allowed to drive and, and perform in a parade. I have to be at the front representing the temple and then everybody else gets to do the performing. So this year I'm kind of like walking around with my hands behind my backs because I can't do what I like to do. You know, I like to drive the, the tin Lizzie. I like to catch the, the dummy out of the cannon that we do. I like to play the calliope. Uh, there's a lot of things we do and I like to entertain. So it's just a different way. Well, that's a great, great segue. There was a, you know, we do have, as Steve mentioned, again, I apologize for my voice here. Uh, Steve mentioned we do have live chat on our YouTube channel that's streaming and also on uh, Facebook and we have our Discord server. And there was a question, uh, our guest, our other guest, <clears throat> normal host, not guest host, our normal host, Connor, isn't with us today. We're sad to see him not here, but uh, he is chatting with us. And he had a question about the difference between units and clubs. So what I know we're talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. Real units and parade units and clown units and all that kind of stuff. So what's the difference between a club and a and a unit? Units are tied directly to the temple. They they answer right to the potentate. Okay, and they perform. They do tasks. So a motor escort would be uh, just like he was talking about. They have motorcycles. They do. It, they ride in the parades. And when the potentate is traveling, they they escort the potentate to his events. Okay, so it's a lot of pomp and ceremony in shrine, and not all temples live it up. But in big, big temples, oh yeah, that's the potentate is is treated like a king. Okay, the smaller temples, you, the units are not quite as big, and it's a little different there. So it's it's treated that everyone's plain folks to each other. So I mean, you can go to Yarab Temple, which has got thirty eight hundred members strong. It's a whole different vibe versus my temple, which is three hundred and eighty members strong. So it's, it's a big difference. The, the units are, are any temple can have any number of units from Legion of Honor, which is the, the veterans from the military, uh, provost guard, which is uh, the guys who are the ones who walk around with the potentate and they are his protectors. The, and they, the Legion of Honor in a meeting would bring in the flag and all that stuff. Another group would be like the greeters, and they're the group that sets up the meetings and takes it down. And, and that's a different kind. Of, the clowns are units. We perform in, in parades, and we do things. Now, clubs are – there's two kinds of clubs. There's a club that is regional that kind of organizes all the Shriners in a region far away from the temple or close to it. So it's more like a regional thing, and it just kind of keeps the guys active when they're – like my club is Gateway Club, and we're 140 miles away from, from the temple. So our guys are kept active here, and there's a president of the club who is like a mini potentate, 
you know, just like the lodge master handles the lodge and then the district deputy oversees several that. And then you got the grandmaster. Well, here it goes president and he answers directly to the potentate. So he is the representative of the potentate in the area and he does the PR and all that stuff. And we train him to do that, those kinds of questions. The other kind of a club is a club that is organized around a social uh, interest like uh, radio control cars or smoking fezes, uh, cigars and scotch kind of thing, or Al Kagers, which is all about brewing beer and, and going to pubs and stuff, or the Yacht Club, which is all about go, uh, boating and anything to do with the water. So there are a multitude of clubs for interest and then the other kind that are for region. And you do not have to be a member of the temple that the club is in to join that club because mm. guys guys live in different temples and move and then they're they don't want to lose their home temple so they keep their membership in their home temple but they join the local club and they can do that just like when you uh when you move to another state as a mason you can attend a lodge meeting any lodge meeting you want as long as you have your dues card paid up and you you can be part of that group and you don't have to join that grand lodge or that lodge but you still are there and active in it so it's along those lines does that help Absolutely. <clears throat> Very much so. So, Dale, if you <clears throat> couldn't be a Mason or couldn't be a Shriner, what's something anymore? Let's say tomorrow something happened and you couldn't be a Mason anymore and could be a Shriner anymore. What's something that you do in the Shrine, though, that is something that you would say, oh, I, I've learned from the Shrine uh, to, to be part of this or to do this, and I want to continue that in my life. Uh, is there something is there something that has impacted you in shrine that you say, gosh, I I love this. I will do this whether I'm a Mason or not, or whether I'm a Shriner or not, potentially. You know, it's the giving and the helping. The the giving of yourself. Uh, you know, we the the motto of the Imperial Potentate this year is Masons make men better and Shriners make the world a better place. And if there's anything Shrine has taught me is that if you live your principles, your Masonic principles in your life. Uh, you'll never have a bad day. I, I don't know how how better way to say it. I I cry more out of love as a Shriner, and I'm getting emotional now because of the impact we have on kids and, and adults who see what we do. And if I were not a Shriner, you still can do many of the events we do because you're they're not tied to being a a Shriner. Our ladies, our families are involved in our events. Because it's not in a it's not in a tiled meeting. We do our most work. Our most of our work is done in activities. So if we help the hospital, that you don't have to be a Shriner to help the hospital. Uh, we do like jogathons, walkathons, and and all sorts of stuff that they need people. So I I get guys who are interested in masonry and shrine. I get them to come along and help us, and they get to meet masons that way and and find out all the good works we do. And you. You, you know, you just can't beat that. You just can't, you can't top that. I don't, I don't know however, how to answer that. That's a hard question. I well, I, 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 a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a prompt for you too, about, I think one of the things that people don't realize about, they hear about Shriners hospitals and they know they do amazing things for kids and all that, but they don't really understand that it's really the shrine <laughs> and Masons that are part of that sometimes. I mean, we know about it because we're integrated with it. But as you know, if you're if you're out talking to people on the street and they, they said, what is, what is Freemasonry? Or they don't really know, have any clue, don't have any family background, don't have any connections at all. 
And of course, one of the common things, even though I'm not a Shriner, I say, hey, do you know about the Shrine Hospital? Well, yeah, I know about Shrine Hospital. I've heard of that or whatever. And well, those are all Masons. Those are part of the Freemasonry. And uh, the Shrine is an organization that's part of Freemasonry or connected to Freemasonry. And uh, so that, that's an easy way to segue in to talk about the Shrine Hospitals and things like that, which is are pretty amazing. Oh. Well, every hospital has a Masonic emblem on their on their headstone or out there out in front if you if you've uh, i don't have a picture with me but if you look at the portland shriners hospital you have the silent messenger up on a big pedestal that's the shriner with the carrying the child and the crutches in his one hand that we call that the silent messenger because that gives the message to shrine right there without saying anything we help kids and it says shriners hospitals on the logo and then in the right corner bottom is in car is carved the masonic emblem so all Shriners are Freemasons, and we've all, the Shrine temples have all put their time and money into building up a, a multi-billion dollar medical uh, centered system, okay? And it's not all hospitals anymore because we're the medical world is changing so fast right now. We're converting some of our hospitals to medical centers because there's no longer, the paradigm is no longer where you keep a kid two, three, four months at a hospital anymore, like uh, we did with uh, Brother Harry Howell over out of Olympia One Lodge. He was, uh, he was born with uh, multiple disabilities, and he would spend months at a time at the Shrine Hospital while they did, took care of his needs. But now you go in one day, you get a surgery, you may stay the night, or you may just go out in the afternoon and go home. Uh, so the, the changing situation is, is amazing. So the Shrine Hospitals are a way to help everyone in the world. Our Masonic family, everybody that's a Mason has kids in their family life or their brothers have kids or their nieces and nephews and all that stuff. So the way Shrine can help the Masonic family and out in the greater world is we have a system of hospitals that handles pediatric orthopedic needs for kids from, from birth and pre-birth. We have in utero stuff now to 18, and sometimes we go beyond that based on needs of the patient, okay? So every hospital has different specialties. Some do more than others because they're bigger than others. Uh, right now, Portland Hospital is, gosh, it, it can do burn care because they'll do revision surgery for the facial and, and the scars. It does uh, maxillofacial stuff with cleft lip and palate, and we do orthopedic stuff. We have 11 orthopedic surgeons and no matter what, you go into the hospital and you see a doctor, you're seeing an orthopedic surgeon that day, that day. So in the American system, if you go through a normal doctor's, it'll take you three weeks to get a, uh, an appointment. And when the shrine system, it happens that day. Yeah. Also says they can do a spinal cord injury work as well. I didn't realize that. Yes. Yes. I, I mean, the things we can tell you, we've done things. We, we had a boy in Sacramento that didn't have a rectum. So at three years of age, he never, he had a colostomy bag his whole life. Wow. So the, so the NorCal hospital, uh, said we can fix that. So they literally made a rectum for this kid. And now at four years of age, he no longer has a colostomy bag. He runs around and plays with his kid, with his friends. And it's just amazing. Uh, I know they do urological stuff. 
at the at the Boston or Springfield, Massachusetts hospital. They are near a, a urologic clinic. So they work with those guys and they do urologic work. So the scope of treatment in Shriners is amazing. And who knows, maybe we'll go to fewer hospitals and, uh, and more services. I don't know. I mean, the, the, the plans right now are fluid because the world of medicine is so constantly changing that we have to do something, you know. It's really nice to see that the Shriners are aware of that and on board with that program and uh, are staying fluid to, in order to adjust to the times so that they can give the best support that they can. I love that. Well, we, it, it okay, for the hospital side, it's where the hospitals are underutilized. People don't stay overnight. So what are you going to do with this big building? And you're only using two or three beds and you got 30 beds. It's, you're just, you're just hemorrhaging money. So what they're doing is they convert it to a clinic and you go eight to five Monday through Friday. And now you don't have the overnight expense of the hospital being open with the security and all that stuff and the, and the, and the 24 seven staffing. And if we go to the clinic model and as we have been doing, why not open up more clinics? So the, the conversation with Tampa is that they've they've turned Tampa into a clinic and they're going to open up more clinics in the rest of the state, eight more, and get the clinics closer to the patients. And, and so it's got to be more affordable uh, by far to open a clinic in the hospital. Oh, truly, it's, it is more affordable. And telehealth, we're, we're like jumping up in the telehealth game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could hear, envision this. You could go to a mall open up an office and have a physician's assistant or a nurse practitioner be in there connected to a shrine hospital where the pediatric surgeon is there and do telehealth where you're using, you're using the nurse, the RN or PA or the uh, FNP to handle the patient right there. And they're using telehealth with the, like we're doing right now with the, with this. And they're looking at the patient, they're examining the patient, the doctor can see the stuff and they can take all the, the stuff. And instead of that kid driving 150 miles or 300 miles like we do now with our vans and buses and stuff. Now they're just going to a local mall and getting taken care of that day. And they're home back at home within a half hour. You know, that is, that's that is just simply amazing. I, I, I love it. And, and, you know, I mean, uh, so I guess one of the things is how come, like, I didn't know all that really cool stuff. And so oh, yeah. if I don't know that, how do you guys get that message out? How do you guys spread the message of what it is you guys are doing or do you guys spread the message? We're, we're advertising. We're starting to advertise stuff like that. Uh, but we have to make sure we have it set up first before you start telling about it. So will you get the system in place, start working it. And then you go out and say, look here, we got this here. Look, we can come here and take care of your kids here at the mall. So what's, I mean, right now you got the Portland hospital handling the whole Northwest. Why can't we open up a mall thing and rent and, uh, a, a mall in Fairba- Fairbanks uh, uh, and in uh, where you're at in, in Whistler. We could do one in Whistler. We could do one in, you know, all of those major metro areas. We could open up clinics and get the patients taken care of closer to their home. And here's something else. The Montreal hospital that you have isn't connected to the American drug system and stuff. So we can do treatments at the Montreal hospital that you can't do in America. And same as in Mexico City, that hospital down there is not tre- is not part of the insurance system of America. So the stuff we can do in Mexico City, we we're not tied to the FDA 
and and the HIPAA regulations and all that. So the things you can do in those two hospitals are radically different than what you can do in the United States. Something to note, learn right. there. And so as you were doing this, I noticed on your lapel, is that is that your pin for your year? Is that or is that a, a regular yes, it, pin for? Yeah, this is my pin for my year. Uh, every potentate has the uh, usually puts out a pin. Okay, it's it's like ninety nine percent do, and they'll put out a pin with their little motto. I don't know if you can read that. And mine is uh, music truly makes a difference. It's a grand piano, and I have the temple name on it okay. with the fez. And uh, I, since I'm Keys the Clown and I play the piano when I go to lodge meetings and I do, you know, for Demolay and Rainbow and Job's Daughters, I'll play the piano. So for me, music truly has made a difference in my shrine life. And so the founding of Shrine, we was brought up with, the, with music and, and stuff. And that's where you get the song Forever Blowing Bubbles when they founded the Shrine Hospitals in 1920. So every potentate has these. I have, I, I have my name on the back. And uh, I give the pins out. That's really important, the name on the back, because uh, our absentee co-host, Connor, is kind of a, a pin uh, collector. And, and he's asking in, in private chat whether or not you'd send him a pin up here. Uh, I'd be most happy to. You put it right beside Lou's. And, uh, oh, yeah. I've got a <laughs> And yeah, I really like the message that, that yours has, you know, because music uh, truly can change a lot of lives. And uh, um, I, I like your whole story that goes along with that. That's really cool, man. The Shrine Hospital system is uh, into, uh, into whole child care. So we use, in our rehab, we use music therapy, uh, physical therapy for rehab. We do all of that stuff, anything to stimulate and activate the mind and the, and the physicality of the patient, we, we do that. So there are people who come to the hospital and they bring a ukulele and they'll sit there with the patients. Uh, they do all sorts of stuff like that. It's just amazing, just amazing. And, I, and as a shrine clown, I bring my keyboard and we do a, a magic show and I play the piano, the keyboard really badly and the, and the magicians do their magic really badly and the kids laugh and we have a great time. So, you know, that's why I'm Keith the Clown and that's it. That's how we got that name. Maybe they wouldn't kick me out of the, of the music thing there because like they're really nice people and, and <laughs> unlike my fifth grade teacher who, you know, gave me two classes of the recorder and then took it back and gave me a PE class. Um, <laughs> the, the, the Shriners, uh, they probably appreciate just the effort in the background, even if it was just the symbols, right? Well, that's that's something for you to think of. Every Shrine Temple usually has some form of an Oriental band, or, or it did at one time. We have a small Oriental band at uh, Fifi, but at one time uh, it was in uh, over 100, 100 strong. And a matter of fact, uh, Fifi was the first Shrine band a first band to ever travel to Alaska back in the 1920s with the uh, Imperial potentate from there. Cause he did, wow. a, he did a pilgrimage to Alaska and he brought the, the uh, Oriental band. And that was the first time they ever had a, a live band in Alaska. Okay. I got a really good question for you. It's a little personal though. Right? Okay. Um, you know, all these years you've been doing all these things and you join masonry. What was it that, prompted you to join the shrine uh a parade 
I was asked to, uh, a Fifi Shrine has a cannon that they uh, shoot a dummy out of, and four guys march behind the cannon with a tarp. Uh, and people may wonder what kind of tarp. Well, we, we you may know about it from the third degree. So yeah. we catch the dummy with the tarp, and they were short uh, catchers down here in the Hazeldale Parade in Vancouver, Washington. So I was asked, hey, Dale, you want to – you want to be a catcher by by one of my uh, senior DMLA brothers that I met here. And I mean, this is like in the first year, first four months I was here. It was April 2011. So I said, sure. Uh, what can I do? And he said, you know, just just wear comfortable clothes. So I put my DMLA polo on. So I show that I was kind of Masonic and all that. And and I uh, got behind the cannon and we we just the, the cannon would go off. Boom. And the dummy would fly out. We would catch it. We would drop it. If we dropped it, they had a, a guy would run out of the van that was pulling the cannon. He would come up and do compressions and check out. Then he would say, it's good. He's good. And I would pick up the dummy and scoop it up and run up to the cannon. And we'd stuff it. The whole time we're walking, you know, until the, except when the cannon fires, they stop and they shoot it off. And, the, and that dummy, you can calibrate it. That dummy can go 25 feet or 100 feet. It depends on how how much uh, CO2 they put in the, the, the compressed air when they do it. Yeah. So it, it's, it takes finessing. And I just had a blast. The kids on the side were, were all excited. I just had a, I like to, I like to be out there. I'm pretty wild out there as a guy. And uh, as a UPS driver, I was just very energetic. And so that fit my mold right then. So I had a blast and I said, okay, I, where do I sign up? I'll be a shrine. If this is what shrine is about, this and they said, Well, we haven't shown the hospital, but this is the fun side. And it's right. The hos the 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 hospital side is the can be the fun side too, but the parades and 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 performing in front of kids and and the world is awesome. And that's why I joined Shrine. Way cool. Way yeah. cool. So it's really a senior demolace fault. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I uh when I left when I moved here from Southern California, I was uh very involved with Southern California jurisdiction order D Malay. I was on the, I was on the advisory council for the, the jurisdiction. And I was also chairman of my chapter advisory uh, advisory board. So when I went here, I immediately plugged into the local lodges and of course the D Malay chapter and got to know the advisors. And a couple of the advisors were senior D Malays and we've been buddies ever since. And shout out to Mike Clemenhagen for being one of those guys. He's a great wow. guy. And he's been active in Job's daughters for many years. He's a former, past uh grand guardian associate bethel guardian or whatever for the state of washington so he's a good guy fantastic yeah, yeah. you know a lot of my senior DMLA buddies get me into a lot of trouble over the years i tell you <laughs> I, I wouldn't have done half of these things if it wasn't for some of them <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you i still go golfing with the guys i was friends with uh, 45 years ago uh, we go golfing once a year someplace las vegas reno and it's just a guy's weekend, just the, and we go out and we go golfing. And then at night, we uh, hang out and have a great dinner. And then the Saturday night dinner, no holds barred, just order whatever you want. And then we all just split the cost 20 ways or 25 ways, however many are there. And we have a great time. And, and that's that was the start of my whole Masonic life. And it was great. And I still see those guys. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. I, I have... Uh... Yeah, we still get together. We don't do an annual thing because there's enough birthdays and weddings and, you know, celebration stuff 
between, you know, the, I guess the 20 of us or so that are still pretty tight, that uh, there's a reason to get together a couple times a year. There you go. Well, we're spread out over, we're spread out over the United States now. There's guys in Texas and Ohio and I don't know, all over. I'm up here. So when we get together, people fly in uh, and right. fly in. And now we've added uh, bring your son uh, and things like that. So, and it's, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty much a 21 and older thing. Cause, cause we go out and of course we'll have uh, our libations that are adults. So, but we have a great time playing golf and usually it's two days of golf and some of the guys can't play golf anymore. Their, their back is messed up or their legs. So you know, they just come along in the golf carts and harass us the whole time. So it's pretty that's cool. That's awesome to hear you guys still do that. But yep. your old days, that's awesome. Yep. I didn't think there was many uh, bunches that still did that, but yeah, we, we've got a pretty, uh, pretty narrowed down crew to about 20 now here in BC. That well, keep, keep adding to Demolay from, uh, from your chapter. Just keep doing that. Yeah. Well, they're down on the coast now, so I'm not as active with them as I uh, once was, but you know, um, so paying attention to the time being a responsible podcaster, um, we're, we're getting down to the last 10 minutes of our show. So we want to make sure that if there's any message that you or your particular shrine, you know, wanted to get out, this would be your opportunity. Well, the, the big message I can say is if you're curious about shrine, don't be afraid to ask first off, just like masonry. Uh, the best thing to do is talk to people. If uh, people think that Shriners are a bunch of drinking guys, that was that's 20 years ago, okay? Because everybody has to drive far to get together, and nobody has time to get to drink a lot and get drunk. Uh, so there's that that's not an issue anymore. I mean, I drive 140 miles to get to my meetings, and believe me, I'm not going to sit there if we have if we do have alcohol or meetings or something. It's usually just a drink, and then I'm back to water because i got to drive back two hours so there's no reason to to hit the the stuff my temple unfortunately we had to sell our building several years back because it was costing us almost 100 grand a year and we were not bringing in 100 grand a year because our dues structure is not even 100 grand a year anymore the, the numbers are just not there so it was uh it was either keep the building and go broke or sell it and stay alive and so now we meet in a Masonic Lodge uh, in the area from where our temple is. And we're still functioning and still doing what we do best. And if you're, if you want to know about the shrine and the hospitals, ask, just ask, go to our website, go to our Facebook page, uh, talk to any of our divan members. All of our guys in our divan are active in their, their lodges. And heck, the junior grand warden just got elected. Uh, he's a past potentate uh, from the year before me. So he's active in Lodge and he always on Grand Lodge. And all of our, just about everybody that's a leader in the Shrine is also a leader in Grand Lodge in some way, shape, or form. They're on committees or they're doing something in their lodges. And uh, I stepped out of the local line in my lodge just because as potentate, I just can't be there for all this stuff. I have too much, too much traveling and PR to do. And... Uh, I mean, you, you, you really, it's amazing how much you do in Shrine as PR. That's the one thing Masonry could learn is how to do more PR to get out in the public eye. Because uh, if you're going to hide your light, nobody's going to see it. You got to let it shine, you know? And even even on the international level, too, they've got the website, beashrinernow.com. 
That was BSNow.com. Oh, yeah. So if you want to know about Shrine, uh, you can go there. And as I understand it, uh, which, of course, I'm looking at it now, and it has lots of information about Freemasonry, of course, how to get there. But then if you were wanting more information, the next step, you click on that link, and it'll take you to a form, and that goes to the individual uh, shrine temples, as I understand it. And then they're... I, I zip code to the closest shrine temple. Yep. And then, what's even better, they're given out to uh, that a mason again so then they have to be have to come into the fraternity that way so mm -hmm. yeah and i've i've handled many of those calls some i met some great guys through that and they were not masons and now they are and we're better off for it yeah great people i won't go into my my history but technically uh, my wife's great uncle is a shriner a drill team member for 50 years and that's how i was introduced he's passed now unfortunately but uh in in st louis it was his life and he just always talked about it every time we visited and uh that's uh that was my introduction to masonry as well and i finally asked him uh I w you know that, that's the other myth understanding i was talking about that i wish i would have known i should have asked or could have asked uh 15 years earlier 20 years earlier and then we could have had a little relationship so if there's anybody out there that that is thinking about shrine or wants to know about the fraternity as dale said make sure you ask because uh you know there, there's a myth understanding that we're not supposed to talk about it to people or ask to people uh, and i think that if you and if masons are listening too i think if you know a, a man that would be good and uh, could you'd like to become brothers and friends stronger friends with them tell them hey i think you could, you'd be make a good mason or you may you know come come hold the bag come hold the bag <laughs> yep absolutely i i've got for everyone that is close by shrine hospital or or fairly close the shrine hospitals all have a fracture clinic now and a fracture clinic is basically sports injuries or any kind of injury that happens to your kid and if it falls in our scope of care, we will treat you. And that is regardless of ability to pay. So if you have insurance, great. If you don't, great. We don't care. And uh, we've expanded our hours at the Portland Shriners Hospital and at the Spokane Hospital that is close to everyone here. And we can take care of your kid that day. You'll see a orthopedic surgeon, pediatric, and they understand growth plates and taking care of those bones and muscles and stuff. And by all means, take advantage of it, uh, especially if you got girls in soccer, cheerleaders, kids playing uh, hockey, lacrosse, football, all that stuff. If you can't get to the hospital, just ask for help. That's what each Shrine Temple has as a transportation fund, and it's set up to help get the kids to the hospitals. That's why we have vans. That's why we uh, buy plane tickets and send you there, and we give you room and board, too, when you're there. We put you up in a hotel or, in some instances, Hospitals have apartments there, and we can put you up in the ho in the ho in the hospital for the overnight stay or two or three days, and take care of you that way. But the stuff we can do at Shrine is amazing, and more people, if they want to help out the Shrine, all you have to do is ask how. And we got patients who've joined; they're giving back, and they want to be give back to the hospital, so they've joined Masonry, and they're Shriners now, and they're doing. They're members of their lodge, they're officers, and they're working as officers in our shrine group. And I can think of three of them at my temple right now. So yeah, it's, I think we, it's just a great way. I think we needed to do a remote show at the Portland uh, Portland Hospital. Have you and uh, Rory, a good friend of mine, Rory Johnson, I understand is going to be potentate in a few years. Uh, he's on the he's on the uh, uh, 
Board of Governors. Governors. Board, of, Board of Governors. Thank you, Board of Governors. And so it'd be great to maybe do an offsite show down there, or maybe a pre-recorded thing we could put on a, on the on the channel. He's, great. he's another example of someone who came to Shrine of Masonry through the hospital because yeah. uh, his daughter was a uh, patient at the Shrine Hospital, and the more that she was involved with the hospital, he started asking around, and eventually he joined. And now he's the uh, vice chair of the hospital board of governors and the assistant urban of my shrine temple. His daughter was the national patient ambassador in 2006. And if people think I'm popular, you ought to see her. She is. Everywhere I go, they know Megan. Yes. They know Megan all over the place. Yeah. And I've, I've just been amazed at how many people know Megan. So yeah, it's, a, it's a joy. Yeah. And here's one for the Shriners, okay? And this is going to be online forever and ever and ever, right? We are currently uh, putting a prospect through our six-step program who has come to us solely from what the Shriners have done for his niece and for the impact that it's had on his life. He knows uh, some of their family uh, were Masons, um, none of the ones that are close by him at the moment, but... Um, some of their more well-respected uh, gentlemen in the family um, were Masons. And uh, he's found out that to become a Shriner, you have to be a Mason. And he's building the tower across from our, our hall. And he tapped uh, a Shriner on the shoulder as he was going into the hall saying, you know, how do I connect with the Shriners and how do I uh, become a Shriner? And now he's now he's in my uh, six-step program so you know uh the shriners good works out there uh bring members uh to blue lodge in many ways yep yeah you learn about the brotherly love the relief the charity in in blue lodge okay and shrine only does the simple fact of we put it into action okay there's no no philosophy i teach in shrine as, as potentate, we don't teach any philosophy. We teach doing. We do it. So, if you want to be, if you want to be a giving person and give back to your community, come to the shrine. Be a mason. Learn as much as you can as a mason, because it's a great, it's a great resource of brotherhood and friendship, and the esoteric learning you can get as a Scottish Rite or York Rite, any of those. The libraries. I've been reading out of Masonic libraries since I was a kid. I mean, you just can't beat it. But living it, that's the shrine life. Come out and do some stuff. Come to the golf tournaments. Go out to, we just did a football game and raise money for the hospital. And I put, I had masons who were not shriners out there helping us out. And they loved it because they know they're doing something for the, for the better of their world, their community. That's an awesome message. Uh, in in uh, conclusion here, David, do you have any last words to uh, share? No, I just want to say thanks to Dale for coming out today and uh, being part of the show and look forward to having him on a, a future show to talk about lots of other things. We've got all kinds of angles, Lodge and Demolay and Shrine and all kinds of things we can talk about. So uh, look forward to having you back. And I'd love thanks, to. Thanks for being on and and uh, we really appreciate it. All right. Yeah, thank you very much. Great. Lou, Lou was uh, sad that he couldn't be here to have this uh, opportunity. And so maybe we'll get you both on another day. And uh, do this again if you enjoyed it well enough. I anytime, anytime. I'm happy to, to happy to be here. 
Excellent. Well, then, uh, just a reminder, if you guys enjoyed our show, please review us. Um, we are now on most of the podcast apps. I, pretty soon, I think, we'll be on the uh, iTunes one, but Spotify and Google Play and, and some of the other more popular ones, we are there. So please look us up, review us, and uh, thanks for your kind words. Everybody, have a fantastic rest of your day.